Praise God. You can return to your seats. Thank you so much. What a wonderful spirit of the Lord here today. Amen. What a wonderful job Sister Hannah did with our keynote today. The spirit of the Lord that we feel. God speaking to every one of us. God bless you. You may be seated. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine <clears throat> sent me a book. He knows a little bit about some of my interests, and he sent me um, a couple of books, but one of them he pointed out in particular, it's a book about the Battle of Chancellorsville, the battle during the American Civil War. And he sent it to me for one story, and he said, I think you can use this when you preach. And he was right. It's the story not of the battle, but after the battle. The battlefield the next morning is strewn with the dead and dying. The air rent with the cries of the suffering, the wounded. And there's one Confederate cavalry member. His name is, and I kid you not, his name is Allie Clack. Okay? That's the name. Didn't make it up. And he heard something, uh, had heard for some time that the Union soldiers enjoyed a piece of equipment that, that the Confederacy could not provide for their soldiers. Seems simple, but it was a, it was a waterproof blanket. It almost was unbelievable that something like that even existed, but it did. And you can imagine if you're camping out in the open and caught in a rainstorm and you have nothing but an old cotton blanket to maybe tie up in over a branch or two and try to find some shelter, but the rain just pours right through your blanket. Well, he wanted one of those waterproof blankets. And he figured, this may be my chance. So he, on his horse, is riding very carefully among the dead and dying, looking for a victim dressed in blue that might have such a blanket, maybe wrapped up at the top of his backpack. As he rides along, carefully looking and also carefully guiding his horse, not to disrespectfully trod on some fallen soldier, suddenly he sees off to one side some muskets that are, are standing up, leaning against one another, and, it, and, and three or four of them are tied at the corners of a waterproof blanket. As he approaches, he gets closer and he <clears throat> sees blue-clad legs sticking out underneath, from underneath that blanket. 
He wants to be respectful, and he, to be honest, he's just a little bit spooked. But he really wants that blanket. So he rides close, dismounts, and he walks. And very carefully, he begins to untie one corner of that blanket. He doesn't look at the corpse. There's just something creepy about the whole idea. But he really wants that blanket. So he's untying one corner of that waterproof blanket, getting ready to claim it as his own when suddenly from under the blanket comes a voice. And the voice says, I ain't dead yet. Allie writes his wife, that's how we know about this story, the letter still exists. And he says to her, when he heard that voice, he said, I was dreadfully startled. But I managed to say, sorry sir, I, I thought you was dead. And I got on my horse and I rode away as fast as I could go. He didn't want the blanket anymore. I believe that is a story that I can preach. And I believe my text should come from Micah chapter 7 and verse number 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness... The Lord shall be a light unto me. Now I'm going to preach to the devil just a little bit today. And I'm going to preach about me. If, if, if you feel like maybe something's for you, come on and join me. But I want to tell the devil today, I ain't dead yet. I've been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. I've had my troubles and I've had my days and I've had the dark clouds of storms in my life. But you hear me, devil. I ain't dead yet. I'm not quitting yet. I haven't given up yet. I may be sitting in darkness, but the light's coming because I ain't dead yet. Why are people so surprised when the devil acts like the devil? <laughs> Folks, that's what he is. He's the devil. He's a liar, an accuser, a discourager, a deceiver. That's what he does. And he is against every one of us. And he wants to devour, to destroy every one of us. His greatest triumph is not in the red light district. It's not in Skid Row's gutter. His greatest triumph is not down where the dopeheads are, are, are committing slow suicide. That's not his greatest triumph. It's when a child of God is so discouraged and so defeated that they throw up their hands and they say, I can't make it. I can't do it. I quit. Well, I'm telling you, devil, you're, you're, you're sniffing up the wrong tree. I'm telling you, devil, you're, you're coming around the wrong one. Because when I'm down, I'm going to get up. When I'm discouraged, I'm going to encourage myself 
in the Lord. When there's more reason to quit than to go on, I'm going to go on anyway because I'm not dead yet. Paul is, Paul is our model, as in this, as in so many other things. From the very beginning, the devil was determined to destroy the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was a, he was a trophy worth having. He was something the devil would have stuffed him and put his head up on the wall, I'm sure. He was someone who would do great damage to the kingdom of hell. And the devil was determined to destroy him. It began right at the first when Paul gets the Holy Ghost in Damascus. Gets baptized in Jesus name. His eyes are healed and he's on fire to preach this Jesus that he just met on the road. And the devil sends some guys who who must have been cheerleaders for Paul when he was persecuting the church. And they're deeply disappointed and they're, and, and they're just, they're offended to no end. So they make an agreement, we're going to hang around the gate of Damascus. And before this guy can even take the first step on his ministry, we're going to kill him right here. Now you may think that because you're in in Christian college that you're surrounded by Christian kids and and because you're in under the teaching of apostolic professors uh, that somehow the devil's lost track of you. He's waiting right outside. When you get done here, he's going to try to end your ministry before it can ever start. But the disciples, they were scared of Paul. They weren't quite sure this was the real deal, you know. But they know what's going on. They know the devil is out to destroy. They know the devil is lying in wait outside the front gate. So they get a big basket. And they put Paul in that basket. And they get some ropes and some big old boys. And they lower him over the wall in that. Have you thought about what's in that basket? Almost two-thirds of the New Testament is in that basket. The Sermon on Mars Hill is in that basket. The one who stood when they would, when they would stone him for this truth, and he preached it anyway, that's all in that basket. Romans is in that basket. Hallelujah. Corinthians is in that basket. Ephesians is in that basket. And for us preachers, 1st and 2nd Timothy are in that basket. And they lowered it over the wall. And Paul stepped out of that basket. And he headed for Arabia. But just before he left, he looked back toward the front gate and said, Hey, devil, I ain't dead yet. I'm still going to get started. You need to tell the devil when he's after you right here at Urshan College. You're not going to get me here. I'm going to have a ministry. I'm going to affect this world. I ain't dead yet. Not yet. But you know the devil could never quit trying. Not once. He never gave up. That's one thing about the devil. He, 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 he's more encouraged than we are sometimes. He never quits. He never throws in the towel. 
He stayed on Paul's trail. You know, he's called to his evangelistic work. And, and, and his, the devil's worst nightmare is coming true. I want you to look at somebody around you and say, you're the devil's worst nightmare. Don't you be afraid of the devil. Devil's afraid of you. I hope he's sweating right now. I hope he's looking over this crowd saying, oh, no, 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 that can't. No, no, can't let that one out. Can't let that one out. I can't let that one go. He would not give up because Paul is becoming what the devil feared he would become. And on his very first ministry, his first missionary journey, he arrives at the city of Lystra. And there's a man there who had never walked. And Paul prayed for him and he was healed. And people were stirred and revival began to, to, to stir itself in Lystra. They came so in, impressed with what was going on. They called Paul and, and Barnabas uh, Greek gods. you got to be gods. But Paul said, we're not gods, but we're here to tell you about the one uh, true God. And the devil's wringing his hands, and so he stirs up a bunch of folks, and they grab a hold of Paul, and they drag him out of the city, and they start stoning him to death. They throw stone after stone. Not just until Paul is collapsed. Not just until his blood is freely flowing. Not until there's no way he could have survived. But their anger, their rage, they're so stirred by the devil that they keep throwing rocks until there's a pile of rocks. You can't even see Paul's broken body. He is covered with those stones. And only then, are they satisfied and disappear into the town? And the Bible says the brethren, the, the church folks, the saints, they start coming out and they're so broken hearted. And he was such a great preacher. And oh, we're going to miss him. And I don't know how this could happen. And while they're squalling and crying and bemoaning the situation, a hand, a bloody hand, reaches up through those rocks and starts pushing them out of the way. And Paul, who should have been dead, he stood up out of those rocks. And you can believe what, I, what you want, but I believe his first words. Where don't cry. I ain't dead yet. I'm still preaching. I'm still praying. I'm still worshiping. I ain't dead yet. <laughs> but the devil never gives up. Over and over again, the devil attempts to destroy Paul. It's a riot here, it's a dungeon there. It's a beating here. It's one thing after another. But again and again. My message is so simple today. If you want to make it, you can. If you want a ministry, you can have one. If you want to make a difference, you can make a difference. I know the devil has power. I'm not stupid. I know what he can do. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. What God has begun in us, he can finish in us. 
<laughs> he missed him at the riot in Jerusalem, you know. That was all staged. It, it wasn't. They didn't care. They, he, didn't, he, he didn't defile the temple. He, he didn't bring a Gentile in. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. That was an excuse. The, the people that got caught up in that riot in Jerusalem, they weren't the ones. It was a small handful of assassins that under the cover of the riot, they intended to kill Paul. My favorite part of this story is they got together and said, we're not going to eat or drink until Paul, Paul is dead. Might want to be careful. Because of all crazy things. And this, this, is, this is how God delivers. In a way we could not imagine. How he's going to see us through. The riots going on all around him. Swirling bodies. Rocks being thrown. People screaming and yelling. And bodies flung here and there. And Paul's in the middle of it. How simple it would have been to work your way up there. And take that knife and run it through under the fifth rib. And put an end to this Christian preacher. But before they could do it. This is weird. This is incredible. A contingent of Roman soldiers of all people. Not onward Christian soldiers. It's Roman soldiers. The enemy. But they come walking, marching through their leader on a horse. Somehow they say, what started this? And somebody points at Paul. And they go over there and they swoop Paul up. They surround him with their drawn swords. And they say, we're going to take this guy to jail. I've always loved this part. They put Paul in jail. You can't get him there. You can't kill him there. And then they decide, well, we're going to take him to Caesarea. And we're going to let the, let the governor, or, or rather the, 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 the king and the, and, 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 and the other leaders, are gonna, we're going to have a trial. So they put him on a horse, and they head out of Jerusalem. And I love it. Can't you imagine when, they, when they're riding out of town, headed to take Paul to Caesarea, uh, as they go by, here's these hungry, thirsty guys who said, we're not going to eat or drink until that preacher's dead. And here comes Paul, surrounded by Roman soldiers, riding right past him. I just, I know, I know he couldn't help it. I know he had to give him a little salute. And say, ain't dead yet. You didn't get me this time. And if God has to use Roman soldiers, he's going to deliver me. If God has to use the sword that was aimed against me to set me free, God's going to do it. I'm not dead yet. So he gets to Caesarea. He spends two years. He's carefully questioned. He would have been set free. But in the midst of it, he uses his Roman citizenship rights. And he asks, he appeals to Caesar. So they put him on a boat. And he heads off to Rome. And the devil ain't done. He sends a two-week hurricane. Rain, 
pelting down the the, the hurricane force wind is driving that helpless vessel. Even the soldiers believe the jig is up. No pun intended. They all think that they're going to die. But Paul stands up. Holds on to the mast on that heaving deck and says, The God that I serve, the God that's been looking out for me, He came to me, sent an angel to me in a dream, and He said, Nobody's going to die here today. Just stay with the ship. Ladies and gentlemen, just stay with the ship. I don't care how bad the weather gets. Just stay with the ship. I don't care how hard the wind blows. Stay with the ship. I don't care how much rain falls. Stay with the boat. And if you stay with the church. Yeah, it broke up. Yeah, it disintegrated on the waves. Yes, they were all cast into the tempest. Yes, all that's true. But they got a hold of pieces of the boat. It was the boat. Regardless of the boat's condition, it was the boat that saved them. And they were washed up on the shore. And not one soul was lost. Ain't dead yet. It was a rough storm. Ain't dead yet. I'm soaking wet, but I'm cold, but ain't dead yet. I'm still alive. I'm still preaching. I'm still praying. I'm still worshiping. I'm still loving God. I'm not dead yet. Not yet. And the, and the inhabitants of the island, which today is Malta, I, I suppose, Melita. The inhabitants of that island, they're watching this and they're seeing Paul is the leader. Paul's just going about his business. He's picking up, uh, picking up uh, limbs and stuff. And, and he's got a bonfire going on the beach so they can, you know, you, you stay near the fire. That's Anyway, he gets near the fire and, and he's throwing wood. He's putting more fuel. That's Paul's nature. He's going to put more fuel on the fire. You can just, you can just expect that. And, and suddenly out of the flames themselves uh, comes uh, a viper, a poisonous snake. And it latches onto Paul's hand. <laughs> and they said, well, the storm missed. But the snake got him. Yeah, don't come back from that. That 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 that's it. Paul looks at that snake, pumping that venom in him, and he's standing over the fire. If you stay close to the fire, see it's safer there. And, and he just shook that thing. Might as well have been a mosquito. devil fell off in the fire. And they watched him. He's going to swell up any time now. His skin right there is going to turn black any time now. He's going to, he's going to start staggering. The poison's going to get to the brain. Nobody, nobody makes it through this. It's just a matter of time. Paul just keep picking up stick. Keep building the fire. Keep the fire going might be another snake, so let's make that fire just a little bigger. 
There might be another viper out there. Let's stay near the fire. Let's keep the fire going. Never know when you're going to need the fire. So keep feeding the fire. They kept watching. Going to die. Going to die. When will he die? He ought to die. People die. People don't make it. He's making it. What's going on here? And maybe Paul looks across them, looks them all in the eye and says, he's tried this before. And it didn't work then. And it ain't going to work now. Devil! We're not dead yet. We're still in the fight. We're still preaching. We're still praying. We're still worshiping. Yeah, it's been tough. I may be down, but rejoice not against me, oh, mine enemy. When I fall, I'm going to get back up because I'm not dead. Stand with me. Stand with me. Paul wrote the young preacher, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. That word might better be translated worried. Nevertheless, I'm not worried. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. If you give your life to him, I don't care what happens to you. You can survive it. I don't care what trick the devil plays. You can overcome it. I don't care how discouraged you get. You can make it. He is able to keep what I have committed. But wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't he get Paul in the end? You know? Didn't they cut Paul's head off? Didn't the devil win in the end? No. Paul's sitting in a jail cell waiting for the footsteps of those who would lead him to his execution. <laughs> and he's writing Paul, uh, writing Timothy, and he says, I'm now ready. I wasn't ready at Damascus. I wasn't ready outside Lystra. I had more to do. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready in Jerusalem in the riot. And I wasn't ready in Eurocled in the storm. And I wasn't ready on Melita, the island, when the serpent got me. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. And the time of my departure, don't you love that? Departures always precede arrivals. The time of my departure is at hand. And you mark this down. I finished my course. I fought a good fight. Sure, I got knocked down. But I got back up. And I kept the faith. And there's laid up for me a crown. 
About that time, the key turned in the lock. And the cell door was pulled back on its hinges. They came and tied his hands behind his back. Unceremoniously led him down the hallway and out into the courtyard. And he knelt and he lay his head on the chopping block. And without any formalities, the executioner lifted that heavy sword. And he brought it down and ended this great life on this earth. But I don't know about you. Here's what I believe. When he closed his eyes here, the next breath, he opened his eyes over there. And the first face he saw, he recognized. He saw him on the road to Damascus. And he could not help but say, Master. And Jesus said, I didn't send Gabriel or Michael. I came myself. I can't wait to show you what I've prepared for you. Come with me. I'm going to give you the VIP tour. And Paul stands and he takes the hands of the master and he begins the joy of the Lord. But just before he disappears into the glory of heaven, he looks back down one more time and he says, Devil, I ain't dead yet. I've just begun to live. Make your mind up. I just won't quit. I just won't give in. I just won't give up. No matter how bad, no matter what happens, no matter what takes place. I'm going to get up. Some of you need to get up right now. You've been knocked down. Don't stay down. Get up. The devil's made it tough. But you can't lose until you quit. And if you just won't quit, dead yet devil you see these young people they ain't dead yet we're not gonna quit we're not gonna give up we're not gonna stop we're gonna keep praying we're gonna keep preaching we're gonna keep worshiping we're gonna keep loving God Jesus come on this isn't what you tell me. This isn't what you tell mom and dad. This isn't even what you tell pastor. Today, tell the devil. Do your best. But when the smoke clears and the dust settles and the bullets quit flying, I'm going to be standing because I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting! Praise God! Praise God! You can if you want to. He can't.
kill you. He can't stop you. You have more than you've ever even imagined. Because you have a name above every name. It's not just for salvation. It's for survival. And when you got nothing left, just say it. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.